Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Kindred.Soul shares his journey from a walk-on at his undergrad D1 football program all the way to the NFL. Learn why he left professional football after only three years, why it was at the worst possible time, how he broke into investment banking, and the struggles he's had to overcome at his bulge bracket bank to get promoted. Enjoy. All right, Kindred.Soul, thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. So it'd be great if you could just give the listeners a quick summary of your background. You can be as vague as you want, so um, keep your anonymity. Yeah, so uh, originally from uh, the Midwest, came out to the West Coast to do my undergrad. Um, uh, and as we mentioned, uh, played played football, uh, bounced around the NFL for, for a little bit, and then uh, it was it's the Great Recession fell upon us and I was happened to be transitioning um, from the NFL trying to figure out what was next and uh, obviously not a very good time to be trying to to make a career change uh, especially without the background Um, but I had an interest in finance and fortunately uh, I had some some uh, alumni uh, folks that were in my network that uh, were in the financial services industry and they got the chance to pick their brain a little bit about um, some of the things that they were doing, some of the interests that I had, some of the, the deals that were kind of coming my way. Um, and, you know, that, as, I, as we had that conversation with them, the, <clears throat> the fact that I was interested in, in financial services, private equity or venture capital, kind of however you want to think about it, mm-hmm. um, their advice to me, given the, the time, uh, what was going on in the country and the economy broadly. And my lack of experience was to take this time and, and go back to, to school, get an MBA, focus in finance, and then uh, take a shot at, at investment banking. If you liked it, uh, the way that we kind of talked it out was, if you like it, you'll, you'll, you'll have uh, a skill set and will be teed up for a journey that can take you any number of, of places uh, within the financial services industry. If you don't, you have a skill set that uh, is well regarded uh, across industry and working in large teams, leadership, high pressure situations, and the like. And so, for sure, uh, that, that's a little bit kind of my snapshot. Cool, man. Um, so, can we go back to just college and what that was like? Uh, you, when you kind of were coming into school, did you have visions of, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make it to the league, I'm gonna make it to the NFL, or did you? Was it something where like I'm just gonna work my ass off and try as hard as I can to to make an impact, or was that like a, a dream of yours, or was that something that you had kind of focused on? It was a, it was definitely a dream. Uh, it was something that I that you know, I believed in my core, uh, but I was I was actually a walk on. Um, to the football team. So I didn't have a scholarship when I first started. Um, I just grew up in an environment that forced you to compete, and I was willing to go compete. And so um, I got when I got on the campus, uh, found out who was the best guy at my position, and I <laughs> stayed in his shadow uh, as much as I could. Um, as, a, as a true freshman, he was a, an older guy, senior uh, well-regarded and, and on, well on his way to the NFL uh, and All-American, I think, his senior year. Um, and, uh, you know, my 
my approach was to just compete with him at every turn. Uh, obviously, I'm not not the same player, not the same build, not the same characteristics or attributes as it relates to speed, strength, quickness. But I, you know, I saw a lot of myself in him and knew that I could compete and do some things probably that he couldn't. Um, Tell me about like was he, was he open to helping you or did he see you as competition and just wanted to kick your ass every day at practice? <laughs> I think I think initially he probably he probably uh, you know just wanted to help uh, as we as the year progressed on. I think he realized that uh, if if he had more time on campus, it probably been a, a more contentious competition. Yeah, yep. but uh, given he was he only had that last season, he knew I wasn't coming for his spot, so. Um, why do you think he you? Was, he was why do you? Great, great research. Why do you think you were just a walk on? If you, I mean, the fact that you had such a successful college career um, in football, how do you think you were able to even be a walk on? Why weren't you recruited? Uh, so you know, it was it was a, a number of things, and it, you know, the, the recruiting cycle and uh, and everything, especially back then, wasn't as uh, robust as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the the, uh, the team actually and in, in, in the year that I came out of um, the year that I came out of high school we only had uh, a, a handful of scholarships I think it was thirteen scholarships most teams are anywhere between fifteen and twenty on a, on an annualized basis and uh, that year they were just down in numbers um, I had some scholarships to some other schools got it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, they weren't at the same, uh, conference level or, or division, division one level. And yep. I wanted to, I wanted to play at that level. Um, so I, I took the calculated risk. It was not an easy decision, uh, to pass on a free education and, and, uh, so, so try, what, try <laughs> risk, but. so like you were a walk on, you didn't have a scholarship, so it wasn't a free education, but you thought, Hey, if I, if I work really hard and become really good, then they, they actually can give you a scholarship later down the road or down the line. Is that how it works? Yeah, that was kind of how I was thinking. I, wow. You know, I, I, I That's betting on yourself, man. That's betting on yourself. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, I knew I could play. I, I, uh, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of guys who had, had gone on and played uh, both college and professionally. And, you know, I compete with them yep. um, as I grew up. So I was confident that I could play at that level. Uh, and I knew I was willing to work hard to do, to, to, to get a chance. And tell me a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about like balancing schoolwork with uh, all the practices and is it like realistic? And I know a lot of the, the student athletes don't do as well academically. Did you struggle with that because you were just, it's such a huge commitment? It is. I mean, it's definitely tough. Uh, there's only, there's only 24 hours in the day. Right. Uh, and a good chunk of, of your day is, is uh, over in the ac- athletic facilities. Um, but, you know, you know, with any, within any level of greatness comes great sacrifice. Um, and, you know, if you wanted, you wanted to, to, to put yourself in the best position, and then, you know, part of the draw to the school was, was academics and athletics. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thinking about who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go was, you know, you got to work hard at, at, at anything that you want to be successful at. So, um, as an intellectually curious person, uh, you're going to have to work hard in the classroom, especially when you're surrounded by students who are, who are thinking about the, the coursework and the studies okay. much more, um, of the, the day than you are. Uh, you just got to compete. And that, so, that was fortunate that I grew up in that kind of environment. So you're intellectually curious. You're actually, you know, studying, you're doing well in classes, you're doing well on the football field. Did you have a backup? Like, were you like NFL or bust? Or did you, were you saying, Hey, I better do well in school just in case I don't get drafted or whatever happened. Maybe I get injured. Were you actively looking at finance careers back in school? Were you networking? What were you doing back then? Or was it just all like really focused um, on trying to make it to the league? It was it was very focused, but the school did a good job of surrounding us with resources uh, and letting us know that you know as our goals and the focal points changed throughout our lives that we had resources that were around us that could help us try to make sense of things. And you know, I I did a, an internship mm-hmm. uh, in my sophomore summer. Um, and fine was it finance venture yeah. capital firm okay cool 
and it, you know, the stuff that, that they had me doing was pretty rudimentary as a sophomore, but uh, it was good exposure to kind of the financial services space, private capital uh, asset managers uh, in particular, um, kind of kind of wet my appetite a little bit as it relates to the venture capital and private equity. And in the you know this is the early 2000s, so you're you're hearing all of these wildly successful stories. Um, so I knew that was a, a an area that was of interest to me. Yeah, you you um, were at you were in I didn't school. Get a chance to spend a lot of time in it. Yeah, you were in school at a really interesting time because it was right when kind of the the tech bubble burst, and then you know yeah. <laughs> you come out. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Um, so tell me a little yeah. bit about. So you you were getting a little bit of exposure. You had a sophomore internship. What about junior internship? Or at that point, you were like really excelling on the team. You felt like, hey, I have a really good shot. Or, or was there an other another internship yeah. junior year? That 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 uh, that that summer, we kind of we had we had a change in our coaching staff, and I was trying to move back to the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, there was a lot of focus on making sure that the team was together throughout the summer and so i didn't take a take a summer internship that year mm-hmm. um and we just we just trained all summer together um and, you know, with the with the change in coaching staff it was incumbent upon us as kind of the guys who were still around to try to ensure that we held together and stuck by us by each other as a as a squad so it was more intense uh, you felt like with the new yeah. staff yeah. More intense. It was a, it was a, it was a unique summer, that's for sure. <laughs> Two a days or three a days in the gym or <laughs> something. We, um, yeah, we definitely. I mean, we were have, we would have morning uh, conditioning sessions, afternoon workouts, and then follow that up with seven on seven and one on one type drills for the DBs and the, the offensive linemen and stuff like that. And we were you know really trying to trying to put put uh, put our best foot forward to this new staff. That's great. So it sounds like you had success. So what, tell me a little bit about just graduating and what's it like de- declaring for even being, I don't even know what that process would look like. You, you declare for the draft or how does it after your senior season or during your Caesar senior season, what's the timing of all that? And like, what if, yeah. what if you don't get drafted or was there some indication had teams been like reaching out and saying, Hey, we like, we like you. Like was how much, how, I guess the question is how sure were you? that by the time you know where you had to make that decision of hey i should start looking for a job how much time did you have between yeah. like graduating and actually um knowing yeah so that's a, that's a good question so after my senior season uh the last game was late november mm-hmm. um i had been uh selected to play in the, in a, an all-star game mm-hmm. and at that, that's kind of like a, a mini NFL combine. So the, the NFL teams come in and coach. They send a, 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 a coaching staff from one of the 32 teams uh, to coach each of the, the squads in the All-Star game. Yep. And then the rest of the scouting um, universe comes and descends upon the area where you're, where you're practicing and where that game is going to be held. So I had a pretty good sense that I was going to get a chance to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was going to go, whether I was going to be drafted um, or any of that stuff. So I, I went back home to uh, the Midwest and started training for the, for the all-star game, played in the all-star game, had a great experience. Um, did you do well in that game? Went, I did. Yeah. No, I played, I played well. I was yep. probably second or third leading tackler in the game and, you know, had a good, had a good week. Uh, I think you know she really showcased my uh, my athletic ability and yep. um, you know how quickly I could pick up different defenses and things like that. Uh, I was never the biggest or the strongest mm-hmm. um, guy, so it was it was always incumbent upon me to be in the right spot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Not it's it's um, kind of tough to be the biggest or strongest guy in the NFL nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> Guys are beasts. Exactly. Um, anyway, so. Uh, so you're so okay. working back back home working out and, yep. uh you know to go to the nfl combine in february and uh then there's some more workouts that you have through february through uh march and april and the drafts at the at the end of april and uh was fortunate to hear to fortunate enough to hear my name call do you feel like the combine hurt your stock since you weren't the most athletic uh you, you know it's funny it probably did i actually pulled my hamstring to the a week before oh, gosh. the combine, so I didn't run the forty. I, I only could do limited drills. 
Um, so it probably did hurt my stock a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so you're you're going through this, and then draft day comes. Uh, I guess what was it like? Third day, fourth day? What was the? <laughs> was it? I guess. Yeah. What, how does it work? Is it three? It's three days or so, right? It or? was back then. It was just two days. Two days. Was okay. Three, and then the next the next four on the second day. Got it. And I kind of knew I wasn't going to be a first day guy. Right. Um, I didn't watch the first round. I didn't watch the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of you know been pegged in the third through sixth. Type, type, yep. uh, type time frame so yep. i didn't even want to put myself through that agony so i just went went bowling uh, <laughs> uh, and then the second day second day came around and that's a, you know that's a, a bit more nerve-wracking because you're, you're you know you're, you're looking at the clock and you're waiting for your phone to ring and yep. checking in with people and you're watching who's getting drafted and it's nerve-wracking man. it was it was miserable and you're <laughs> you like, like and you're like hey that guy i'm better than that guy some guy gets drafted you're like i'm yeah. better than that guy <laughs> right um yeah. that's yeah. funny so so you you yeah. get a call eventually and it's exciting you don't have to say what team or anything like that but so you you know you're in you're officially in the league right um tell me yeah. a little bit about just the process of and we'll get we'll get to the other stuff later i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get off football soon um, but just tell me a little bit about just the whole transition from school to you being an actual professional and, you know, really it being your full-time job, was it, was it kind of what you expected? Was it more grueling? Um, the competition level obviously is just a huge jump. Tell me a little yeah. bit about, um, how you felt like, were you, were you starting on the practice squad? How, how long did it take you to, to get off the, or did you stay on the practice squad or were you able to kind of make the jump ever into the games? I think yeah. you, I think you were, but, um, be great to yeah. hear a little about and that. So, so, you know, I got drafted. Uh, that first uh, training camp was was eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're on the you're on the, the practice field now with with guys you've uh, idolized as a kid growing up watching playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys that you've known and seen playing on Sundays. Uh, so it was it was you know it kind of it was kind of funny to. to I remember the first day and kind of getting goosebumps as I walk in the locker room and you see the helmet logo and you're like, wow. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> it's like, I, um, I'm here. Yeah. That's uh, so cool. The, you know, the, the, the jump in, in terms of, of talent is, is noticeable. And, um, you know, you remember those kind of first couple of plays where you're out there and, and you think, you know, what you're, you're supposed to be doing and you, the ball is snapped and everybody's flying and you're moving but you're not doing the things that you think you're, you're supposed to be doing. So um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a little bit of a rude awakening. And Is it just, kind of feel like I assume it's just faster. I, I, yeah. I assume yeah. it's just faster. Yeah. And then the guys are just so much, it's almost like you have to know, you have to be sharper, faster in even better positioning. Yeah. Plus now, especially for you, not being the biggest or strongest guy you have to, or fastest, you have to kind of, even rely on that more, but also try to close that gap athletically, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And those those inches are, are what separates uh, right the good from the, you know the good from the great. Yeah, uh, and you see that that becomes more and more apparent that that split second decision or that twitch uh, or that false step is is really impactful. And tell me about you, tell me about your com- tell me about your confidence level. Like when you first those first few practices, were you like, oh shit, I'm there's no way, or were you like, I can I can get there. Or like, did you always no, have that you know, confidence? It's always like, well, at least for me, it was always uh, uh, you got to stay positive. You, if you start thinking that you can't do it, you won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. That'll just it'll just spiral on itself, and it'll it'll devolve, and you'll you'll be out of you'll be out the door here pretty quick. So yeah, um, you stay positive, take the coaching, and and try to be critical of yourself, and and uh, figure out the things that you can do better on any any given play any given day, any given practice, game, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that was the mentality. And, you know, you start to find those little those little victories, and, and then they become uh, bigger and bigger accomplishments, and then you're making plays and uh, getting sacks and forcing fumbles and stuff like that, and you're, you're rocking and rolling. Nice, man. So how long did it take you to kind of get on the uh, game day roster? So I it took me a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I got cut from the team I was drafted uh, by, mm-hmm. even though I was um, the third or the fourth highest scoring 
defender that we had. We had his point system on our defense. Yeah. Um, why do you think? Why do you think that I got was? Picked up on somebody. Say it again. Why do you think you were cut if you were doing so well? Just. Uh, I I was I think I was focused on the wrong the wrong things uh, mm-hmm. as a as a late round draft pick uh, and a rookie. I was trying to to shine on defense and show that I could be the starter on, on defense. And they had picked a, a linebacker before me. Uh, they had two pro bowl guys. Who Instead of what? Showing special roster. teams? Instead of focusing on special teams? Yeah, I did not focus on special teams in the way I should have. Yeah, got it. Got it. That was, that was the issue. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> See, yeah, you're like, you're thinking I can get, I can be the starter here and head of that guy that yeah. was drafted me. Yeah. Um, so, okay. But you get picked back up. And so you, you're jumping around to a bunch of teams in the, what the, how long, overall you were there for four years in, in the league. Is that right? Yeah. It's uh, three, three, three years. Three years. Okay. So you're, you jump around a few teams, you know, you, you, you're kind of, is, is it jumping between practice squads and game day rosters kind of most, most of your time in the league? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. It was, some weeks you're you're on the practice squad. Other weeks somebody gets hurt, you get bumped up. Yep. Um, and then you know you're just literally kind of that true journeyman's career, living out of a duffel bag in hotels, extended stays. Because um, I got an apartment after I got drafted, and then I got cut, and I was like, well, we don't want to do this again. Yeah. So. so tell me a little bit about just that life in terms of like. You know, when did you decide to say, hey, that's enough, I'm going to start, you know, maybe I'll go back to school. When did you, when did that start kind of creeping into your head? Was it like after the third time you were cut or second time? Like when did, when did some of those things of like, hey, maybe I should start looking elsewhere? When, when did that happen? Yeah, so the, 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 the last team that I was with asked me to sign an injury waiver, basically, that said, uh, because you have these this bad back, you have bulging disc in your back. If you get hurt from the waist down, we're not going to pay you anything. And we're not going to, we're not going to cover your medical or nothing like that. And I was like, that is a ridiculous deal. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, I can't in good faith sign that. Right. I didn't. And that was, that was the moment where it was like, well, now you got to figure out what you want to do next. Cause this is, this is, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You're not going to risk your, you know, your, your ability to no, just be I mean, mobile and stuff. I mean, it's people tear their ACLs and pull hamstrings and do, I mean, Achilles, all kinds of injuries. Yeah. Right. And they're saying that they're, that my, my pre, uh, pre, uh, pre-exposed condition, pre-existing condition was, was going to, um, cause me to not be supported. And if I got hurt while I was playing this game, yeah, screw that, man. Screw that. <laughs> not worth it, man. <laughs> not yeah, worth exactly. it. I don't blame you. Yeah. So, okay, so when when you kind of were presented with that, what went through your head? What was your like? Okay, were you angry? Were you like, okay, now I just I, I got to figure out what I'm doing and like, where did you where did you turn yeah. where did you turn, man? Because like that's kind of would be a scary thing. Like you haven't made a ton of money, right? You made some money, yeah. I assume, but oh, you haven't made like make you're not making you know you, you weren't bringing in millions. You're probably bringing a couple hundred thou, right, or something like that. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, it was it was really scary. I mean, it was it was what do we do? What are we doing now? And I knew, you know, I was the smart guy and I'm, you know, I like to think I'm a personable, uh, individual that somebody will, will help and uh, there'll be an opportunity for me, but it was, it was scary. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I hadn't really formalized any of those thoughts around what was going to, what I was going to do next. But the good thing, uh, was that my father, uh, had always been talking to me about the fact that, the likelihood that I make enough money in the NFL to never work again is very, 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 very low. Right. And so uh, I always had the the understanding that I was going to have to do something after the game. And so I didn't have that kind of, um, you know, breakdown where mm-hmm. I, this was the only thing that I knew and this is the only thing that I wanted to do. It was, okay, well, this chapter is closing. Um, what are What are some of the other things that you're interested in doing? And if, if you can find some people that are doing those things, treat it exactly the same as you did when you showed up on, on campus as a freshman and try to do the things that they're doing, see, see how they're thinking about the problems that they're looking at and, and compete in that same way. Um, mm-hmm. So fortunately enough for me, there was some resources in our alumni network that uh, as I started to, to, to have conversations and describe some of the things that I was interested in and, 
um, you know, given the NFL and the the public perception that everybody in the NFL is rich, uh, <laughs> especially at the time, um, there was a lot of people that were bringing different investment opportunities my way. And I, you're I like, man, I can't, I, I can't, I can't invest. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I can't invest. I need that to I, live. <laughs> I need that. I one. needed to live. One, I, yeah. I, two, I don't. I'm, I wasn't savvy enough, and I knew I wasn't savvy enough to to think that I could determine whether or not this is something that I should be throwing my money at, which is right. where a lot of these NFL guys uh, lose their shirt. You know, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the stat. I don't know about NFL, but I know NBA, I think something crazy high percentage of the players go bankrupt within like five years. Yeah. And and the yeah, NBA absolutely. guys make a lot more than the NFL guys. Um, they do. So, um, they do. but so, okay. Tell me a little bit about, so you're, you're kind of making that transition. Did you move back? Like, where did you go? Did you, go back home did you to kind of regroup or did you immediately come back yeah. towards school or what did you do i know i moved i moved to i moved to los angeles mm-hmm. um hung out by the beach for a little bit nice uh lived down in the in the venice beach area um my my relationship at the time was was based there and um you know i was just trying to trying to figure things out and fortunately for me that the, some, some of those network folks uh, the alumni network that I tapped into was, was based there as well. And so I had the chance to, to kind of really pick their brains and sit down with them on multiple occasions, to try to kind of map out what, what, uh, so you literally, you, you literally stopped, um, playing in the NFL, probably at the worst possible time in like the last 40 <laughs> years. Um, so, <laughs> so you, you stopped right before the financial crisis, financial crisis hits. You're talking to all these finance guys. They're like, sorry, man, it's bad out there. Right. So, yeah, so, so yes, yeah, I, I don't even know if they were like, I don't even know if I could hire you if you had a skill set, which you don't at this point. <laughs> right. It was that bad. So tell me a little bit about that time period between, you know, when you stopped to when you, uh, it looks like you got your MBA, you started, got your MBA. Tell me about that and what kind of prompted yeah. you to go back to school and what was going on. Well, I mean, it was it was tough, right? I mean, you, it, nobody was hiring. This was two thousand eight, two thousand nine timeframe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you've got a, a degree from a good school, uh, but you don't have any work experience outside of playing professional football, mm-hmm. which is nice to talk about, but yeah, you know, in the context of a corporation, is not really um, doing a ton, especially as they're all trying to determine where where the bottom is, and uh, you know how they can cut expenses yeah and so you know i tried to i tried everything i tried to get a job as a as a trash collector i tried to get a job as the fedex delivery guy i was either overqualified from my degree and like why why would you want to do this job or i was under wildly underqualified um and would need and needed needed uh some experience yeah so, you were just trying to get any job uh, at that point because it had been a yeah. while since you stopped you're like i need a paycheck right so exactly. i can imagine it's exactly. super stressful you're down in la for a while then and like you're just applying to anything and everything because it's just a horrible time yep. so okay yep. so they eventually, eventually did somebody just tell you hey just go get an mba or did that come to you what 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 prompted that move yeah that, that kind of came out of the conversations and and with the with the folks in financial services from the alumni network was look if this is something that you're interested in longer term if you go back to school get an MBA focus in finance um, you'll have this this can put you on the the, the right path mm-hmm. and this is a great time to do it since nobody's really hiring and you'll come out and this will be a better economic environment mm-hmm. there'll be some opportunities um, and you can you can go tell your story and it'll make a lot of sense. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about the, the MBA program. Was it, was it a good experience for you? Was it hard? Was the, were the classes hard? Was it something where like the recruiting was easy networking? Tell me a little bit about like the on-campus recruiting. Did you start right away? Did you know banking was the one, what you wanted to do or was it, uh, yeah. were you looking at everything? So I was fortunate that I was fortunate that I, you know, given those conversations with some people who I viewed as um, very well respected in their industry. Yep. Um, I knew what I was going to do. I knew I was going to go in. I knew I was going to focus on finance. I knew I was going to go into investment banking. And so that was the sole focus from day one. Um, Great. And you juxtapose uh, going back and getting a grad degree and the undergrad uh, experience where you're, you're, you're balancing football and academics it was incredibly manageable for me because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go spend six hours or whatever uh, at the athletic facility 
um, just training and, and not focused on classes. So right. uh, I just dove right in and um, did, did everything I could from a finance perspective. I took every finance class I could, um, took all kinds of trips up to, to New York City to uh, to start networking and trying to, to, to get my name around and some of these firms that I was looking at. Did that come naturally um, to you? Did, did that come naturally? Like, did you know that networking was so critical or did, did some one of your alumni tell you, like, you just need to meet people? No, I think it came, came from <clears throat> conversations with folks who I'd, who I'd talked to. And, and one, one piece of really good advice that I got from, uh, from, from the, the, some of the original folks who told me to go back to, to school and try try I banking was, uh, anytime you have a conversation with somebody and, and you, you leave feeling like this, this was a, a good um, a good interaction, ask that person to introduce you to one or two other people that could be helpful as you're thinking about um, pursuing an opportunity with that firm. Right. Now, you know, that really helps uh, get your cast a wide net. Yeah, it builds a um, web, right? It builds a huge web and network. Exactly. You just start getting more and more people. Um, that you can exactly. Meet. And awesome. you, all you're trying to do is build up enough of those positive data points that as they're going through the, the, uh, the process of saying, you know, is this person somebody we want to consider or is that person somebody we want to consider? And everybody's got a, a fairly positive interaction with, with you. The more people you have, the better you're going to be. That's great. So, t- so was the was the recruiting for like in, you knew then, you know, given your alumni guidance and you had been talking to people, you knew that kind of that first um, summer internship in the RMBA was important. So tell me a little bit about like the recruiting process there where you immediately like, it sounds like you were going up to New York, you were meeting people, but was it tough coming from the MBA you were at or was it something where like they were on campus recruiting heavily? There was, there was a, a decent amount of on campus recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I knew that just given where I was at, what my background was that I, I wanted to, to make sure that I put my full effort into everything. And so I, they, there was a little bit of, of on-campus recruitment, but I, you know, I took it upon myself to say, look, if, 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 if traveling to New York and having coffee with somebody is going to be yeah. um, the thing that gets me the job, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. So awesome. So how many times do you think you did that? Right how many times do you think you went up there? Uh, probably 10. That's great. The first, uh, yeah, ten times or so as as uh, through that first semester trying to. That's unbelievable. Meet different folks. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's smart though. Um, okay, so you it worked out. You got a great internship. You survived your summer associate internship, uh, which, yeah. which is that's, that's uh, the best way to describe it too is survive because I think. It, I, it was it was tough. <laughs> I think the seat that you were in in terms of like not having banking background before, not having any finance experience before and getting thrown into a summer associate class has got to be yeah. the most difficult thing because you have analysts under you that can run circles around you in modeling because they've been doing it for 2 years and then you're like trying to manage them, right? <laughs> yeah. like, you know what, you know you know what is as, as, as I think about it sitting here thinking about it, it 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 felt a lot like going from high school to college on the football field and then college to the NFL where everything was just moving so fast. And yes, you can catch some concepts because you're, yeah. you're smart and you've been looking at some things, but the pace at which people were doing stuff was just insane. Well, well exceeding what I was, what I was capable of. And so I, you know, I didn't get the, didn't get the offer right away uh, in that group. They gave me an offer in like private wealth management or something like that. And I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, so interesting. So, like, you you feel like you just struggled over the summer to kind of grasp everything. Everything was moving so fast. I, I think it's almost impossible. Like, unless, like, I've seen other. I was an analyst, and so when associates came in and they didn't have that banking background, I can tell you from an yeah. an, I can tell you from an analyst perspective, it was more frustrating to have that associate looking yeah. over you because it's like, dude, just get out of the way, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, so, and luckily enough, I had enough experience in that. Right when you step into an environment you see people are moving really fast yeah you knew i wasn't trying to just insert myself in the way like right you got to do it this way right it was more like hey analyst you're you're a rock star i and i respect that right Uh, can you help me think about like when you're doing this what like what's happening how are you thinking about it what and and really just humble yourself and say do you think that worked do you think that worked though do you feel like i mean you didn't get the offer in the group that you wanted do you feel like there was a reason for that do you feel like it just 
they felt like did that hurt your reputation there what what happened there do you think in that those you know it, it may it may have i think the firm that, that i worked at you know it's not built for uh for for a runway to get up to speed yeah. especially at that at that in that role and in that group and uh it was a top you know, group at, I, a, I, at a top it, bank it right a tough group. yeah it's a top group at a top bank so and they we'll want leave. they want to drop somebody in they want that person to be able to run i i, I needed I needed some warm up laps before, <laughs> and, I, and I get it. And I, my senior mentor told me that, and, and he was I'm still in contact with him today. He's great, great guy. Yeah, um, he's done great things since he since he's left the firm. Um, but he told me he was very candid with me, especially towards towards the end of the the the, uh, the internship. Was like, look, we're we're not built to to have like you, you you're doing great. We think you can be great. You have a great personality. You have a great story. You're smart. Mm-hmm. but we need to drop an associate in here that can run at a hundred miles an hour and, right. and you're not there yet. Yep. And so that's it, fair. It, uh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So did you feel like that, that hurt you in the full-time recruiting, not having that offer? Like, well, how did you go back to school without having that offer? Like, did you, were you like, Oh well, shit, so I, that's going to hurt me. I didn't have the offer in that, in that role. Oh, but right? you had another I offer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I did have an, I did have, I did leave that summer with an offer, Okay. which helped a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, had I not had that offer from from that firm, maybe maybe things turn out a little bit differently. Yeah. Um. But but you know, if you, yeah, it was telling the story, right? And here the story was: I went into a to the lion's den, and I was the least equipped uh, from from a prior experience perspective mm-hmm. um, to compete. And I I didn't I didn't I didn't cut it. They gave they gave out four offers. I was uh, one of seven. They gave out four offers. Got it. Uh, so I wasn't the only person that didn't get the offer, which is and good. I did get an offer from the firm. Yeah. And I, you know, as I and I talk to people about this, right? As I think about what I want my career to look like, if I go into private wealth management, I'm and and knowing that I come from the NFL, and people are just going to be like, just go dial for dollars, call all your buddies in the NFL, right, and say, hey, bring me the money. Um, right. Is that going to teach me the skills that I wanted to learn? Uh, and I, you know, I, I took another risk and said, look, I can tell this story about why I didn't get this job. Right. Um, and hopefully somebody will give me the chance to let me get my foot in the door so I can go compete again. Um, and fortunately enough for me, I, I got that opportunity and, uh, so the story, had to go, the story uh, worked, the story, the story worked, um, in the recruiting yeah. in, the, in the second level. So did they, did, uh, the first bank give you a lot of time to accept that offer? Or was it like an exploding, like you have to tell us soon or was it were they cool about like no, you were, yeah no so i so the way it worked was um you know finish the summer yep um and you know as you as you get there's a few days off before you go back to school and as you get back on the campus i was just i reached out to the recruiters that i had been uh uh in contact with prior to accepting the offer at the at my summer internship yep um and just kind of laid it out like here you know i'm back in the i'm back in the cycle mm-hmm. you know this is the this is the situation love to to continue the dialogue let me know how we got to get back into the pipeline of full-time recruits and if we got to do a super day thing again um, cool you know let, let me know what those those things look like and and so we got back into the process and um, do you feel you like know, there were back. do you feel like there were things you could do or you did in your second year of your mba that kind of made you more ready in when you went back in for a full-time oh absolutely i Can, mean i mean the, the summer the, the summer internship was was all the, the the insight I needed to to the gaps that I had, um, and so you know there was there was a lot of modeling right like I never mm-hmm. spent any material amount of time in Excel even in the, the the summer internship that I had it was very rudimentary and so yeah uh, sorry this is the undergrad summer internship that I had it was very kind of basic and so yeah you know, I just one. dove in like you know how can I get as much modeling experience as I can. Um, again, taking all the finance classes that I could, and I just forced myself to try to think about the problems and the, the discussions that we were having during my summer uh, in I banking. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you feel like there was a time, like it, did it click all of a sudden at a certain time, or did, was it a gradual, like it was a steady kind of step stepwise, small incremental improvements? You know, I think I think once I came out of that summer, I had a good grasp of yep. where I needed to to, to focus and. As 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 I went through that second second year, it was definitely starting to click. Got it. Cool, man. So you kind of start in you you come in as an associate at another top bank, and you're 
right away? Do you feel like you're drowning again? Like things are moving faster. It's a little slower, but you're still struggling. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was a, it was a little bit, it was a little bit of a, uh, a repeat because it was a different group and a, and a, and a product versus coverage. Got it. Um, so you're diving deep in that product. Um, and there was a lot of nuances around it that I had hadn't had a great deal of exposure to. So again, feeling like, yeah. Oh crap! I'm drowning. How do I, <laughs> how do I stop the ship from sinking? Tell me about the tell me about the the hours like it, difference of like working you know being in the NFL probably training physically exhausted. Did you feel physically exhausted ever as an as an associate at a at a top bank you know in this group? Did you feel like oh the hours are just brutal because you were putting in so many long hours at the, at the office, or, or was it something where like you were so used to it that it was pretty easy for you? It, it's exhausting, but it, it, I mean, it's a different type of exhausting, right? Like the fatigue that you feel mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of training camp and you're two a days and it's 95 degrees and you got all these pads on and you're losing 15 pounds of practice. Yep. Uh, you know, that's a different fatigue than I've been up for the last 37 <laughs> hours. Right. And I need, I need, I need to, I need a nap. You're like more delirious, right? (laughs) Yeah, I can't see straight. I don't know if I'm, the the things that I'm seeing and and perceiving in in this world are actually (laughs) like real things. Uh, So, you know, it's it's a, it's a different fatigue. Yeah. But, you know, know, the the perseverance and the, the, the understanding, you know, you can get through most of these things, at least for a short amount of time, you know, not, not looking to, to, to run a, 36 hours uh but was that self was that self-imposed was that self-imposed were you putting that pressure on yourself because you felt like you were a little bit behind when you came in to to work those crazy long hours like were you staying extra late to try and get up to speed or or was it something where it was just that was the nature of the group that you were in i think it was probably a little bit of both Mm -hmm. uh it was a busy time in the market there was a lot of stuff happening yeah and as, as in, a, in, in the debt capital markets, you know, as rates go down, everybody gets gets excited. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to buy something. Everybody wants to reprice something. So there's a ton of activity. And so that was a part of it, uh, yep. just the vo- sheer volume. Um, but then also, you know, I'm a competitive person and I want to be uh, respected and, and viewed in that kind of top, top quartile of, of folks as my peers. And so that, that also... Um, you know, makes me want to spend a little extra time, right? And yeah. If, you know, even if it's another 30 minutes at the end of the day, trying to just review something that you think you can do better or figuring out um, or even if, so when I got to the point where I, I really think I made the step change once I got full time was as I started journaling stuff down, like jotting notes down for myself and as opposed to, you know, just the things that I needed to, to do in any particular staffing that I had. Instead of a to-do list, uh, meaning you, you started journaling what, like th- your thoughts or, or things that you were confused yeah. about? Or what? I, I, I started journaling the things that I was doing good and the things that I was doing bad. Got it. Um, was I, and I, I wasn't sure where I stood and I was nervous around, you know, am I, am I, am I, am I, am I up to snuff? Am I going to get fired? What's, you know, what's the feedback going to be in, 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 versus uh, coming from a, an environment like athletics where you're you're reviewing film, you've got a coach that's looking at every every snap that you take um, and you can go back and review the film that there was no there's no mechanism for that sort of feedback for me right And so I was trying to recreate that level of feedback for myself. And so as I sat down with an MD, talked about a pitch and he's marking it up and I got all these comments, the things that I was jotting in my journal, for myself were this this guy doesn't like this or um when you're when you're presenting this make sure you're thinking about all these other things um and and that kind of uh repository for me was was incredibly helpful um as i started to try to recognize the areas that i can improve on really quickly and do you, knock some do of you mind do you mind out. sharing some of those like was it like okay this guy really likes you better not misalign stuff here or like the way you phrase yeah. things here <laughs> was it like that detailed yeah, absolutely. Because every every banker is different, right? Every banker has a different preference. Some guys are incredibly detail oriented around the aesthetics of the page. Right. Some are less. Some are pretty lax and don't 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 get all hung up on that stuff. But it's all important, right? And they all feed into what the perception of you is on that on your platform. Right. So it's it's incumbent upon you to to, 
to take the, the, the feedback they're giving you either whether it's direct or indirect um, and that was what I was trying to, to solve for. So you were doing this kind of uh, self-review on a daily basis that helped you kind of improve but tell me about like your first real review like formal review with did it did it go well did it go poorly did you feel like oh sh- was it a no shit moment or was it okay I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be okay? You know so in the first mid-year review it was kind of an oh shit and that was this was bef- the mid-year review was before I started journaling in yep. this way. Yep. Um, and it was very shortly after that I started to do the journaling because you know the feedback was, you know, you got to increase your attention to detail. You need to spend more time with 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 this attribute or documentation or whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, as 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 we moved from that mid year to my final uh, the final uh, review for the first year. You know, they, I, I probably dig it up, but they, they literally mentioned how quickly I closed the gap after that, um, after that feedback. And so they were, they were raving about, you know, you're very coachable. You, you're, you're listening to what we're saying. And That's you're, great. You're correcting the mistakes that, that you're, that you were making previously. And you're, you're creative in, in ways that some of your peers are not. And so keep doing that. Maybe Man, like, it's maybe inspirational. Like, you're giving me, you're giving me goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone talking about investment banking can give me goosebumps, but <laughs> yeah. no, that's great, man. That's so cool. So, so you're, you're kind of turning it around. That second review is much more positive. They're like, just keep going. Right. And so you eventually get, pro- yeah. you eventually get promoted. Um, yeah. it's cause you're, you're doing such a good job and you've been now a VP for a while. Is this, is this something where you feel like you can make a career out of this? Is this something where you feel like, you know, you're, you're gifted at this now, you went to, now that you have the reps? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's definitely something I can see myself, um, in, in a career and, um, the, the advisory function is definitely something that, that, that's very interesting. Um, uh, you know, you get a chance to sit down with really sharp people and, and discuss, especially once you start moving up, um, and get beyond analyst associate and VP, you're just sitting down to have conversations with sharp people about interesting problems. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll never forget the moment that, um, you know, I, I got brought to a, uh, a dinner. A, a, it was, it was kind of told to us as this is a pitch and we pulled together this deck and the, the guy was like, we're actually not pitching. We're just going to go to dinner and talk to him. I just needed that information. Um, and so we went and sat down, and and literally the, it was the CFO of, a, of an investment grade uh, gaming client, and we literally just sat down and talked about six or seven different deals and different properties and different different challenges that he was facing. And uh, that was the moment where it was like, oh wow! Once you cut your teeth enough and you get to the point where you're building these relationships and, and you know the the space, you're literally just brainstorming with these these people and yeah. then you go out and you're trying to execute on what you guys came up with that's, that's really that's, cool that's, that's that's an interesting an interesting function you, you know you can make a good make a good living you can you can learn a lot and put yourself in the position where if you get the entrepreneurial bug or you get an opportunity and you want to go step out and try something new you're you're very well equipped to go do that do you feel like you'll be good in that that transition from you know associate to vp to md is very much it kind of switches from execution a little bit more to sales do you feel like i think just talking to you i think you'd be naturally very good at sales do you feel like you you're going to be able to make that transition well or do you feel like there's a little bit of a um how do i say like it's a little bit of a a tough transition for somebody you know you've been focused on execution now for 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 what 60 years or so it's hard to I think, you know, at every step, one thing that I've tried to, to, to be mindful of is what are the things uh, that the, the person in the level above me are, are struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, and as an associate, is what's the thing that the VPs are stressed about? And as a VP, is what's the thing that the D or the MD is stressed about? And what are the challenges that they face in those roles? And so I've tried to start to uh, train my mind to start, you know, addressing some of those things. Um, you know, tra- traveling as much as they travel and, and trying to keep all the deals and all the, the, the things straight in their mind as they, as they go out um, and have these conversations with these CEOs and CFOs. And, um, are they you know, expecting you to start? Are, are they expecting you to start build those relationships? Do they, do they want you to start doing that yeah, soon? They yeah. They, yeah. They've given me the opportunity to go out and start doing that. So I've got um, a couple of different uh, sectors that I've got some coverage in now and Great. Uh, in addition to, to my execution uh, um, 
work that I'm doing, I'm out, I'm out uh, trying to trying to originate stuff on my own. So it's it's fun to kind of get that opportunity. That's great, man. Um, so I don't want to keep it too much longer. It's been re- a really fun, interesting conversation. I'd before we call it, um, it'd be great if you could just do you have any advice you'd give to your younger self, kind of looking back, um, you know, maybe whether it's in high school, college, <laughs> when you were in the NFL. Anything specifically you would have done differently or told your, told yourself? Uh, <clears throat> I think I think if I was to tell my younger self anything, it would be make sure you you uh, do a really good job of uh, networking outside of the firm that you're at, mm. um, and and just to, to to continue to take the toll of what you're stock is worth your personal stock is worth in the marketplace and you know i i've i've looked at some other opportunities um but you know i've never really dove full in and, and went through the full process of trying to see what other what other opportunities uh, i could have uh run down yep. if i wanted to yep you know and and in in that in that light i think um you know i may have I'm not sure change myself because I've, I've I've had a great experience. I've got a great uh, journey and, and a great path ahead. So I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed in that regard. But if 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 I could tell my if if I was telling my younger self how to maximize um, going forward, that would be that would be something that I would definitely be keep top of mind is make sure you're you're at least once a week having some a coffee or uh, trying to grab a bite to eat with with some some folks in your industry from a firm that's outside of your own. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Just because you can get so kind of you can you can put your head down and for years not pick your head up, only be surrounded by the people in your firm and not really get a true perspective of where you sit. And even every couple of years, kind of going out, even if you're not looking to change jobs, just seeing what's out there. Because like you said, yeah. you know you don't know where things are changed. Maybe there's a huge shortage of associates or vps in this other place and they it'd be a be a really big jump for you but it would also be a good place so i mean the other thing to say is if you're in a good seat and you're getting good mentorship and you're you're progressing well there's nothing wrong with sticking sticking it out with the firm and and riding it all the way up so anyways man this has been a, a real fun conversation um thank you so much for taking the time and thanks to you my listeners at wall street oasis If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.